something that changed was when I was 19 year old, I had a major car accident. Um, I lost control on black ice and I broke my femur, cracked two ribs and had a pulmonary embolism. So it took me a year to recover from that. And from there, um, two or three years later, I got a major whiplash with my partner. Um, the seat twisted, the window exploded. And not even a year after that, I got hit by a 10-wheel truck biking on the highway and got projected on the sidewalk. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach. And I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hello, friends. I'm so excited that you're back for another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm sharing an interview with a dear friend of mine, Veronique Rioux. She's the founder of Choose to Be, and she is a multi-passionate entrepreneur who serves her community in so many different ways. And you're going to hear all about that during our interview. She's also the parent of two young boys, and that is how we are connected. Our children are homeschooled, and we do get to spend time together with our kids on a regular basis, which is really amazing. What I love and respect about Veronique is that she went through a series of very traumatic car accidents and a bike accident in a very short period of time. And Instead of these accidents derailing her, what they actually did, they were the catalyst for her to really shift how she leads her life. And I love her life motto, which is, I'm going to try everything at least once. And that includes eating bugs. Oh my goodness. You'll have to wait to hear her talk about her experience of eating bugs in Costa Rica. I invite you to share this podcast with a parent who might be struggling with finding a way to find harmony and balance in their life because Veronique shares some of the best ways that she's been able to do that in her own life and really manage being such a multi-passionate person and being a parent and being on this beautiful self-development journey at the same time. So I'm excited to share this with you. And I have exciting news to share with you. I got a sample of the updated Vancouver Island Sunrises 2022 calendar just this past week, and it's so much fun. So what I did with this new version of the calendar is I added a gratitude intention for the month so that you can be reminded of practicing gratitude every single day. Now, if you haven't had a chance to check out the calendar, it is available on my website at wakeupwithgratitude.com. The calendar has both U.S. and Canadian holidays, as well as the phases of the moon, solstice, equinox, and features beautiful images that I've captured right here on Vancouver Island. As you may or may not know, I love to get up for sunrise because for me, waking up to watch the sunrise is truly what it means to wake up with gratitude. I love standing on the beach 
watching the sunrise and capturing photos to share with all of you because I know that living by the ocean is a tremendous gift and it's something that I love to share with all of you. Okay, friends, let's welcome Veronique Ryu to the podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I've invited a dear friend to join me for the podcast. I'd like to welcome Veronique Ryu. Hello. Hi. How are you, my friend? I'm so glad you're here. I'm doing well. It's so nice to hear somebody that can say my name so perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, among other things, both Veronique and I speak French and English. And before we go any further, though, I just want to acknowledge uh, Vero and I live in the same neighborhood, and we both live here on the unceded traditional territory of this Nanamics First Nation. So I just want to express my gratitude and thanks um, that they allow us to live here on this territory and that we have this opportunity also to live in each other's neighborhoods. Uh, So thank you to the the First Nations. Mm -hmm. And um, okay, so let's talk about Veronique. So Veronique Ryu is the founder of Choose to Be. It is a beautiful lifestyle business. She's truly a health and fitness expert in so many different domains. That's what I love about her is that She's constantly learning. She's constantly training. And then she takes that and brings it to her clients. She does teaching. So she's not only is she a certified yoga and fitness instructor, she also leads yoga teacher training for those that want to become certified as yoga instructors. She does that with an incredible team of people locally here in Nanaimo. She's also a circus arts instructor, which if you've never participated in circus arts is so much fun. And then because she's always learning and growing, she is in her final year of a three-year program for in transpersonal counseling. So to really get this full, completely rounded set of skills to support her clients, however they need her, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual health, Veronique has you covered. So I love to start my podcast by hearing a little bit about your story, because I feel like there's a lot of things that might come behind someone who's so multi-passionate and has so many different interests. Were you always like that? Like, did you grow up in this way? Um, I grew up active and physically active, but it became a passion in my early 20s. Yeah. So what was it that um, brought you into like the, the fitness and wellness kind of world? The point, um, something that changed was when I was 19 year old, I had a major car accident. Um, I lost control on black ice and I broke my femur, cracked two ribs and had a pulmonary embolism. So it took me a year to recover from that. And from there, um, two or three years later, I got a major whiplash with my partner. Um, the seat twisted, the window exploded. And not even a year after that, I got hit by a 10-wheel truck biking on the highway and got projected on the sidewalk. <clears throat> And not even a year prior to that, at exactly the same place, somebody had died being hit while biking. So it was a real wake-up call for me. These three accidents come kind of back-to-back or like in a really short period. And I was obviously in pain most of the time in my body. So that was a turning point for me to try to heal myself and change 
my karma because I, I was thinking like, why do I keep getting into accident and so close from dying? So I went in Thailand and did a three-month yoga teacher training as a way to heal myself. And that was the turning point in the beginning of my health and fitness passion. Oh my goodness. So I knew you'd had the one accident on spinning out in the black ice and everything, but I, I did not know it was followed by two other quite serious accidents. Um, at the time you were living on the other side of Canada. Yes. You were living in Quebec. When I had the first accident and then the two other were here actually in Nanaimo. Okay. So you're originally from, did, did you grow up in Quebec? Yeah, I grew up in Quebec and I moved here uh, on Vancouver Island when I was 22. Oh, what brought you across the country? I wanted to learn my English. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a really long way to go. You could have just gone next door to Ontario. <laughs> I'm pretty adventurous. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Because that's a big chance. Had you been out to the island before? Um, it's interesting at the time I was studying organic farming in college. So I was in my second year program to study organic farming. I was really passionate about growing food and feeling healthy. And I found a place to do a practicum during the summer um, in Coombs, actually. So I flew to Coombs to come visit during my spring break. And then I crossed Canada in the spring to come work on that farm. And, uh, and then I stayed here for since. <laughs> so for those that don't know the local geography, because I know a lot of our listeners are from around the globe. So Coombs is a place that is about 30 minutes from where we are in Nanaimo. And it's, it's known for uh, this restaurant that's called goats on goats on roof because the, uh, top of the restaurant slash shop has grass on it and they have goats and the goats then eat the grass on the top of this roof. So it's like a, a tourist attraction, but Coombs itself is, is really teeny tiny and it's all surrounded in farmland and that kind of thing. So it makes sense that you would be there for a practicum. That's right. I forgot to mention that you also have this, pa uh, this passion for organic gardening and food. I, I told her that I wanted to, you know, bring her into my yard for next year to start my garden in my new home because I've been to their garden and it's it's pretty incredible what you know you do. So okay, okay. So the question we're all wondering right now is: we also didn't mention that you're a mom. <laughs> you have two young children who do homeschooling, uh, and now you're also working. You have a partner that's help that uh, helps with the children, but. I don't like, how do you fit all these things in your life? Like it's, it actually boggles me because I know that you are, but I look at you and I'm like, how does she do this? It's interesting because I often make joke that uh, being organized is a superpower of mine. I am actually really organized. So I think I have a good sense of getting how to get things done. And I'm not a perfectionist. So I get things done without perfection and I'm okay with that. So that's also what helped. Yeah, I could see that, like the being organized. So, okay. What does that look like though? Being organized for you? Like, do you have a, a, is everything on a day planner? Is it your calendar? Is it delegation? Like, what does that look like? I have it on a calendar and I also, I'm good at writing notes and little papers, but yeah. And just kind of, I guess I'm good at having things well organized in my head too. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that sometimes I'm really organized in my head, but then my family doesn't know that that organization has happened. So uh, I could definitely do better, like reminding them, like, I'm sure I told you about this. And they're like, nope, you actually never said it out loud. So I don't know if that happens to you. <laughs> of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so how did you get from someone who came across Canada to do the organic farming, then you had two pretty serious accidents. So were you already like studying in the farming and doing that as your work um, before you got into the the second and third very serious accident? Yeah. So the way that it happened, it's when I had my first major car accident, I started to study medicinal plant and that led me to organic farming. And then um led me to Vancouver Island to study organic farming. And then I had the two other accidents. And then I started to, I did the yoga teacher training and started to work in gyms to get stronger. And I combined the work in gyms um, as a way to get stronger with the yoga teaching group classes. So that, okay, so... It's amazing to me how like one decision kind of led to the next and led to the next. And do you find that's kind of how, you know, all these things that you do and that you've been introduced to, do you find that it's just you're, are you really good at just like saying yes to trying something new? Yes, for sure. I, yeah, definitely. I actually live my life saying I'm going to try everything at least once. Okay. So tell me some of the things that you've tried at least once that most of us might not try. When I was 18 year old, I went by myself skydiving just because I was turning 18. So I went alone and skydive. I bungee jump. I crossed Canada by myself a few times driving. I went to Thailand alone, never been out of the country. So, yeah, and I try everything. Like, for example, last time we went to Costa Rica, I tried termite. <laughs> Were they good? Guess what they taste like? What? Did- like chicken like everyone says no nope they taste like mint candies what yeah (laughs) and it's strange it's actually really good like I was I was shocked (laughs) okay so I have to ask now were they alive or were they are were they cooked like how do you eat termites um actually the way that they told me it's like you put your hand on the nest and then they crawl on you and you squeeze them like you take like six to 12 and you squeeze them and you put them in your mouth and you chew them and it tastes like mint candies oh my goodness okay I mean all right yeah that's probably something most of us are never going to do good for you for trying the even just the part of the termites crawling on my hand I'm not entirely sure how how I would be able to just handle that part so I'm not like hugely bug phobic but that sounds really uncomfortable okay so I'm really curious is that you are this person like who has these like ability to say yes and try new things and like at 18 you went skydive like on your own so growing up were you brought up in a home where it was like encouraged for you to try your own thing Yes, it was. My mom had a pretty sad upbringing and she wanted to give her daughter, me and my sister, like the best chance. So she was allowing us to express herself and her sister has been in a wheelchair most of her life. So she also allowed us to be who we wanted to be. So that was actually really nice. Mm -hmm. That's amazing to have that support from a, a parent and to 
So how, I'm just curious, like, did that influence your decision to decide to homeschool your own children? That's that's actually a pretty, that's another story. That was my partner that had a stronger mind about this than me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Tell me the story about how, so for us, like we came to homeschooling from trauma, you know, my daughter was no longer able to go to school. I had to bring, pull her out of school. I had never planned to homeschool. I mean, a little part in the back of my mind was like, I would maybe like to do this, but I, I actually didn't think you could homeschool with just one child. I had this like limiting belief around that. So that's kind of how we came into it. And it took us like over a year to really get comfortable with it. And now, you know, we just kind of let a lot of it flow and we, you know, we're very unstructured. And um, so I'm curious how you and your partner came uh, to that decision for your boys. Yeah, my partner opinion was that we could be our kids best role model. Mm And he encouraged that from me. And I was pretty intimidated at first, but I I jumped in and I did it and it went actually pretty well. And I'm happy we did that for our boys to give us the gift, to give them the gift of presence. Yeah. 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 Of being around them. So they have been homeschooled since, the, have they ever been to a traditional school? No. They never been to a traditional school. No. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And it's, it's not easy. I know that, you know, often we think that homeschooling, you have to be a teacher and educator yourself, but that's not really true. I would say being a student of life and this attitude of willing to try things is probably a really good quality to have for homeschooling. So let's just say someone's listening right now and they're they're kind of wondering about the, whether or not this is a path for them and their family. And I know it's a very individual decision and we all do it very differently, but what kind of like guidance could you share from having, you know, done this right from the beginning? Hmm. I would say, trust yourself for sure. Listen to your intuition. Just connect with your kids, be there for them and just enjoy every moment you're spending with them because this is it. This is why we have become parents and mothers. It's to witness and see our child growing and, and to be there for them. Okay. So I have to ask though, how do you handle it when it's not great and the kids are fighting and they're not listening and you're with them all the time and you don't have, like, I think that's one of the things I find the hardest is like, we don't have that separation because our kids aren't going off to school. So we're together a lot more and which can often lead to like disagreements or arguments. So how do you navigate that part of the homeschooling journey, which I don't think a lot of, that's not really talked about very much about that. There are a lot of challenges being with your child all the time, being present with them. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash 
gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness and of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. For me, it always come back to the body. Like if, it, if I'm really struggling with my kids and I'm not regulating myself really well, then I know that if I go and move my body, it will move the energy and everything will feel better. So that's the same for them as well. So go for a walk, you go for a bike ride, go outside, just take, do some sun salutation, do whatever you need to move the energy around instead of staying stagnant and stuck in that energy. Yeah, I agree. Getting moving is so important. Getting that energy moving, getting outside, mm-hmm. breathing in fresh air can make a huge difference. We are very blessed to that. It, it's easy to go outside here year round. Uh, it's never really that cold. And when we have snow, we all get excited. And everyone wants to go outside because it's it's kind of a novelty here. So I kind of want to get back a little bit into the whole, uh, the yoga that you did. So you studied uh, a program in Thailand and you went by yourself. <laughs> So then you come back to Nanaimo, you now have a, a certification in um, yoga teacher, like you become a yoga teacher and you start teaching at local gyms. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I say I've been here for 20 years, but I've been back and forward Quebec a lot. Oh, okay. So this time around, it's been um, 12 years I'm here, just here, but in the previous, in the first eight years, I was back and forward a lot. So I did my yoga teacher training, came back to the island and moved back to Quebec and started to work in gym in Quebec. Okay. And uh, yeah, there is a couple moments in my life that been really impactful for me. The first one was when I was 19 year old and I had this major car accident. I was 140 pounds and sorry, 140 pounds. I was not sure if I said the number well. And I was at the hospital for two weeks. So I lost 20 pounds of of weight in two weeks being at the hospital. And when I came out of the hospital and I had um, a metal bar in my leg and was at the worst shape of my life, I kept seeing people that said, oh, you look so good because I was thinner. And that was really shocking for me that was such a major shock because I never thought I had a problem with my weight I always felt strong and healthy in my body I don't think I had health like I was really healthy in my mind and in my body and then when I recover and had these two other accidents and started working in a gym there was the owner of the gym that drank coffee all the time and I realized that she drank coffee all the time because she had a tumor growing in her stomach and she could not eat anymore and she was really sick and she was losing weight. 
And um, she didn't tell anyone that she was sick. She like people will tell her again, oh, you look so good. You're losing weight. And she would say, oh, I know I started running, which was which which was a lie because she she was ashamed of being sick, I guess, and didn't want to tell people. So again, there was another wake up call for me where so many people that I dealt with want to look different, want to be different instead of just being where they are at and, and appreciate where what they have in the moment. So those two experiences in my life have been really impactful for me. Also witnessing my aunt being in a wheelchair all her life, I've just have so much gratitude for being able to have a healthy body to move and to do things that I want to do. Oh, Vero, that is a, a topic that is very timely because, and I think about this was a number of years ago that this is already happening for you, right? This like idea that you look better because you're smaller and how dangerous it is because you have no idea why that person is getting smaller or bigger. Like there's no, it's just not relevant to a person's state of health. Like you've just totally outlined why this, this desire to compliment people on the way their body grows or shrinks is very toxic and very dangerous. And especially with the, you know, it's interesting. It's only probably a few years ago that I realized that like telling people that they look good because they've lost weight. It's like, yeah, what if that person is actually going through cancer treatment, for example, and that's why they've lost weight, but they're not going to tell you because Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily know them or it's not even, it's like embarrassing, but it's also like super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And for the same reason why somebody's body um, shape might've changed to be a bigger body and we don't know what's going on or why it doesn't mean there, you know, there's no, like the correlation between health and how we look on the outside, I think is just so like incongruent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's definitely trying to find a way of being grateful for simple things like, oh, I'm able to move. I'm feeling no pain in my body. I'm healthy. Yeah. That's amazing to have that foundation of gratitude. And I was thinking about it when you mentioned your aunt and being in a wheelchair, you know, one of the gratitude practices that I encourage people to do is to simply say thank you when they walk. So you move one foot in front of the other and you just say, thank you. Thank you. Because, um, you know, I have also been in the hospital when I, you know, after my second miscarriage and I had um, a life-threatening bacterial infection and I spent a week in a medically induced coma and I couldn't walk after. I just didn't have the muscles to walk. Like I was unable to walk and unable to use the toilet by myself and couldn't shower. Like all these things that we take so much for granted, you know, it's when they're taken away from us that we're more grateful. But these conversations that we have, these stories that we share, it's really about, encouraging others to find gratitude today with what you already have, right? Starting where you are with gratitude today. So thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Um, I'm curious then with this like mindset shift with all this work that you've done on the body and through fitness, what was it that was the catalyst that kind of brought you into the counseling realm? Cause like, let's be honest, 
you have more than enough skills before you started this counseling program to like, you know, to be of service to the community for the rest of your career, right? You already mm-hmm. had so much to offer. You already have so much to offer already. So why would you start with all of this? Why did you choose to start a program uh, in counseling? Yeah, I'm actually really blessed to be part of this program because it's um, taking ourselves through our own journey first before being able to be of support of other people. So this journey, even though it looked like I'm doing this for others, is a big part for myself at this point. Um, But what brought me to do that was actually because most of the personal training client I have talk to me about their emotional state and their mental state. And they want to be different. They want to lose weight. And I know that for me, it has nothing to do with what you look like. It's really how you feel. And it's deeper than just the physical realm. So I'm a true believer in health, but it's not just physical health. I want to be well-grounded and a holistic health coach. So that's why I decided to do that. So tell me a little bit more about this program then. So yeah, because it's transpersonal counseling. So there's a an element of personal. So how does that work? Like you're doing your own therapy? Just I'm just curious how that works. So it's interesting. The first year, our main um, assignment and homework of the program is doing an autobiography. So from zero to 20 year old, you will write your life story. It has to be like between 20 and 40 pages. Um, So that's one of the things you have to do. It's write that down and uncover the main SOS. So the um, suspicion of self you have created in the event that have happened into your life. And then another thing that we do is an, um, we call that a genogram. So it's exploring your family system. So we have interview people like mom and dad and uncle and aunt and grandpa if you can to build not just a okay just had a little bit of an internet connection issue so let's just go back just a little bit um Vero, if you can just tell us you were mentioning something called a genogram yeah that's right so it's like trying to uncover our origin because now it's been proven that we pass trauma from one generation to the other. So it's trying to understand what was the cultural context of our ancestor and what have they passed down onto us. So you have to do that by interviewing family member as much as you can and trying to have a better idea of what they went through and what have been passed down to you. As part of that. And then we had a four hour presentation to do on PowerPoint in front of our group being interviewed and asked questions as we present our family system to, to the group. Wow. Yeah. So are you comfortable sharing a little bit about kind of what you uncovered about some of your generational trauma that was, yeah. this, this is a big, t- you're, you're really <laughs> touching on some huge things that are really relevant today. Like this concept of generational trauma is really starting to be more understood and how we have the power to break these generational traumas if we're aware of them. So what kind of things sort of maybe came up for you in all this work that you're doing? So it's interesting because my grandparents are are dead now and there is not that many story that 
that I had from them. So it was a little bit tricky to build that genogram, but my understanding of it is my, so it's pretty crazy because my grandma on my mom's side, so my mom, mom, Mm -hmm. um, she came from an 18 kids family. Can you imagine that? (laughs) And her mom died really young. So she became the head of the family at a very young age. And then she married young, and then she had 10 kids, including my mom, and two of them died. One of them became in a wheelchair. So there were a lot of trauma that happened. And my grandma was not a nappy woman, and my mom didn't have a happy childhood. So interestingly enough, my mom cut the head off of lots of picture that she had of herself. And, and for me and my relationship, so how this transfer, and it took me a while to understand this because there's a lot of unconscious background that we carry around and we don't even, we're not even aware of it. But in my relationship, I was often really insecure in my own relationship. And I didn't know where that was coming from because I am a confident woman. I'm adventurous. I'm open-minded. Like, how come am I? And I give the sense to everyone that I'm confident. But what I realized is that my mom unwantedness, she had this deep, deep wound and feeling that she was unwanted has been passed down to me. And I was not even aware of it. And it threw a lot of really deep emotional work that I discovered that for myself and how much anxiety it released for me in my own insecurity when I uncovered that. Wow. That's... Yeah, this, so this is really different kind of counseling, right? Yeah, because it's it's interesting. You can you can learn about counseling and learn all the theory of it, but not do the emotional process and journey yourself through it. But really, what I've been going through is doing my own work through it. For example, in our second year, we take our autobiography again, and then we have to take like 20 event and write what was the suspicion of self? Um, what was the um, ego defense I created from that? What is the correction? And what is the gift that came out of that? Oh, yes, my favorite. Yeah, because, oh no, but it's true. Like our life, our life is full of lessons, right? You, you know, you're a good friend of mine. You know, kind of what I went through with the, the year with my couple of years living with my parents and, it's like looking for the gifts because or else it's just trauma, right? Mm-hmm. If they were not able to process the trauma and then find the gift out of it, because yes, there are gifts out of even the most difficult things we've been through. It's like, what's the point? So I, okay, I love this. So now you're in your final year of this three-year program. So what does it look like as you sort of finish and exit? Um, how then are you going to be supporting clients? So this year, the third year, we are starting to take clients like as part of the practicum hours we need to build. So this is part of the component of learning. It's how I can be in relationship and support to another person. And yeah, and once I'm graduated, then I will be fully rounded and have people that will come for me, not just for their physical body, but will be able to help them on a deeper level as well. That's amazing. Good for you. I... 
it takes a lot of courage to do the work ourselves. That's the bottom line is that we all come into this life with some kind of generational trauma that's known and, you know, understood now that, and especially, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, acknowledging the land and the first nations. I mean, the generational trauma for first nations is, I mean, there's just no, no words for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we live in a place where we are very more connected to our first nations communities than a lot of other places in Canada. And, um, I think a lot about that when you were talking about this generational trauma and how, I mean, it's still like living generations that are processing trauma. So, well, you brought up a lot of stuff. Okay. So this is a lot for us today. This is a, we've gone into some really deep places where we can have deep conversations and I think I'll, I'll leave that, you know, getting further into these conversations for another day, another interview, but, um, to bring it back around, you know, this podcast, of course, we share people's stories. We talk about gratitude and I'd love to hear from you. you know, this amazing mom who's got this organized life and all these multi-passions and is doing the work. Where do you find time for gratitude? Where does that show up for you in your life? Like, it's really simple. Like, it can be like, oh, I'm breathing and my breath is connected to other people. Remembering often, I am more than this body. I am divine. I'm a gift to this world. So for me, it's connecting in that way through gratitude. Oh, I love that. Can you say those again, those affirmations? (laughs) Yeah, the first one, it's maybe not an affirmation, but I like reminding myself that I am simply breathing right now and that breath is connecting me to everybody else in the world. That's how we all connected through this breath. And I like reminding myself that I am more than my body. I am divine and I am a gift to the world. You are a gift to the world. You, uh, I didn't share a lot of our personal story uh, at the beginning, but I just, you know, want to share with our audience that, you know, uh, Vero and I met within like a week of me moving here to Vancouver Island, not knowing anybody and, uh, you know, having this child who's in homeschooling. So then not even having a school system to support us. And I saw the, the sticker on her car and I saw her name or somewhere on Facebook. And I was like, I think she must speak French. And so I saw her car outside of a Taekwondo studio. And I, I actually walked in <laughs> and asked if that was her car. And that's how we became friends. And, you know, it's so fun to have a friend that I can speak French with, but then our kids have become really good friends. And then, you know, Vero was there for me, like just an amazing friend, especially going through some really tough times. And then this amazing gift of us being able to sell our other house and move. Um, And I thought, you know, we don't really have a lot of friends here, especially my daughter doesn't have a ton of friends. She has some great friends. And then to be able to move into the, the same neighborhood as you, and our kids just knocking on the door, you know, <laughs> it's like 1970s over here. Right? Oh yeah. It's so fun. And, you know, being able to just um, connect with you in this way, to be able to share you with my community. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for being open to sharing um, just some beautiful pieces of you with our community today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's a blessing to have you nearby. Amazing. Um, Veronique, where do people find you? What is the easiest place for them to learn about what you're doing? uh, If they want to work with you, how do they connect? So my website is choose to be 
be.ca and it's choose the number two be.ca. Amazing. We'll make sure all that is in the show notes so that people can connect with you easily. And um, I believe next year, 2022, you have your next full yoga teacher training as well, correct? Yes, that's right. In the spring, it's starting in April, 2022. Amazing. So depending on when you're listening to this, you and you're curious about this yoga teacher training, you can find all the information through Veronique's website and um, or just connect with her about some of the work she's doing because it's really amazing the way she serves her community in so many beautiful ways. So thank you again. I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you. Thanks for sticking around right till the end of the episode. And if you've been here before, you know that I share a personal secret at the end of the episode. So this secret has to do with organic farming. And I have always wanted to have my own food gardens. And I started doing this back when we lived in Ontario. We lived in a townhouse in Burlington, Ontario, and we had a fairly tiny yard, but big enough that we could put a garden plot out on our front yard. Thankfully, this was allowed by the organization, um, I can't imagine actually. We didn't really ask, so I maybe it wasn't allowed, but we built um, like a two by three box. We bought lots of organic soil and some manure, and I made my own food garden. And I have to say that I'm not that great at taking care of my food garden. I barely remember to water it. I certainly don't use any kind of fertilizer. So the yield of my gardens has not been that good. So I love the idea, though, of just watching food grow, even though we didn't get very much of it. I mean, the majority of the stuff never made it into the house because my daughter would grab it on the way home from school and eat it right off the little vine or tree or whatever, which is great. It's amazing to teach our kids where food comes from. So now I've lived here on Vancouver Island, and we moved recently to a home that would allow us to have a lot of different gardens. So the wonderful thing is, is that I live in the same neighborhood as Veronique does, and I've asked her for help to create my dream food gardens, which I imagine will take a lot of years and probably a little bit more uh, irrigation and some kind of fertilizer to have a better, better yield. So I totally want to hear from you. Are you like a backyard gardener? And have you had any luck? Because I feel like even after doing this now for, I think, four or five years, I still feel like I'm just a beginner. So let me know if this is something you do too. Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.